Hey, I'm glad you're here today. And if we haven't met, my name is Tim Mossholder. I'm the pastor of the Santa Maria Foursquare Church. And uh, we're just an honor to serve this great city, a fantastic group of people who are learning what it means to walk in the ways of Jesus together. And uh, I'm glad you're here. So, hey, if you're interested in our reopening, because we will be reopening as a church, we're not going to just be an online church forever. I'm going to make some comments about that at the end of this message. So stick around for that. And uh, I'll have I'll have a couple of comments for you on that. But we are talking today about the church learning to really become who God's called us to be. And we're looking specifically today that God has called the church to become a miracle-working community. Now listen, to really understand God, we have to grab a hold of this reality that He is a miracle-working God. Always has been, and He always will be. Not only did he miraculously create this uh, planet that we live on, but right now he's still miraculously recreating lives, bodies, minds, spirits, relationships as well. And here's what scripture tells us about Jesus. This very same miracle working Jesus that we worship. It says that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. His working of miracles has never stopped, and they continue to happen today, both in and through his church. Now, if you've ever experienced a miracle, here's what I want you to do. I want you to pause this message just for a moment and click the thumbs up. And in a few words, why don't you share your story in the comments? But if you need a miracle right now, then click the heart and then share your needs also in, in the comments. So we want to be praying for you. But as we're going through the book of Acts together, we're discovering what it means to become the church. And like I said, today we're looking at what it means to be this miracle working community. And today we're in uh, Acts chapter 3. We're not only going to learn, I, I think, some things about the nature of miracles, but I'm praying that many will experience God's miraculous touch on their lives as well. So you ready? So we're picking up uh, in Acts chapter 3. We're reading verses 1 through 8. Follow along with me. It says that Peter and John went to the temple one afternoon to take part in the 3 o'clock prayer service. As they approached the temple, a lame man from birth was carried in. Each day he was put beside the temple gate, the one called the Beautiful Gate, so he could beg from the people going into the temple. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for some money. Peter and John looked at him intently, and Peter said, Look at us! The lame man looked at them eagerly, expecting some money. But Peter said, I don't have any silver or gold for you, but I'll give you what I have. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, get up and walk. Then Peter took the lame man by the right hand and helped him up. And as he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. 
He jumped up, stood on his feet, and began to walk. Then, walking, leaping, and praising God, he went into the temple with them. And what a great story of God's miracle-working power in this man's life. Someone who had been lame his entire life. He'd never taken even a step until that moment, many years, maybe decades later into his life. And God is so good. So I want to give you a working definition of miracles. Miracles are displays of God's breakthrough grace that point to his limitless and unrivaled power. And listen, miracles should never surprise us, right? It, it would seem to be surprising. I mean, this guy was surprised. But here's what Peter said after, after all these people just came running and flocking to see what had happened to this crippled man who was now like break dancing and almost doing backflips in the temple. And here's what Peter says in verses 12 and 16. He said, people of Israel, what is so surprising about this? Right? Like, really, Peter? But, and he says, and why stare at us as though we had made this man walk by our own power or godliness? And then in verse 16, he says, through faith in the name of Jesus, this man was healed. So we should never be shocked when God shows up with breakthrough grace. I mean, aren't we the ones who believe that Jesus is Lord? I mean, isn't that the central theme of God's church? And as I often say, if Jesus is Lord at all, then he is the Lord of all. In other words, it would be impossible for Jesus to only be the Lord over the easy stuff, right? I mean, hangnails and hurt feelings, okay, you can be the Lord over that. But here's the reality. If Jesus is truly Lord, then everything in heaven and earth are under his control. I'm reminded of what the angel spoke to Mary, the mother of Jesus, when the angel said, nothing is impossible with God. I mean, just think about that. Nothing, friend. No matter how big the issue is, how broken the situation, or even, like in this man's case, how long the problem has existed, nothing is impossible for God. And the miracle we're looking at today here in Acts chapter 3 is just one of many times throughout the book of Acts where we see God's breakthrough grace in action. See, here's just a, a short list, not all of the miracles, but some of the miracles that we read about in the book of Acts. God gives his followers gifts of visions, prophetic words, and even unknown languages. There's also a supernatural earthquake right at the end of a prayer meeting. Here's, here's one. An angel breaks disciples out of jail, and he did this on even more than one occasion. How about evil spirits being cast out of people? This is a really unique one. A disciple being picked up by God and instantly placed in another location. Wow, I, that, that's, that's amazing. It's a great miracle. But here's something else. People being healed and others being raised from the dead. 
It was in Acts 2, 43, where it said this. It said, the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. So what does this all point to? I believe that this points to the reality that the church needs to understand that we are God's miracle-working community. Listen, if miracles are displays of God's breakthrough grace, then we should have the expectation as his church that this grace will be poured out to us and through us. Now, this is exactly what happened to Peter. God's breakthrough, miraculous grace had been poured out to him. I mean, do you remember he had, he'd just received God's baptism with the Holy Spirit? And now this same grace is being poured out through him to this crippled man. And I think that there's something that we can learn by taking even a closer look at what led up to this miracle here in Acts chapter 3. So let's read again just verses 6 and 7. It was here that Peter said, I don't have any silver or gold for you, but I'll give you what I have. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, get up and walk. Then Peter took the lame man by the right hand and helped him, helped him up. And as he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. Now, I find it really interesting that this man that was just miraculously healed, he wasn't even looking for a miracle. Like every other day, he was just looking to get by. He was living into his brokenness. And like many people, including some of us, he'd just grown accustomed to his terrible situation. See, I believe that sometimes we're looking for a miracle, and other times a miracle is looking for us. It's so good to know that God could show up either way. And like this story reminds us, God is more concerned about your well-being than even you are. That's why God sent Peter and John to this crippled man who wasn't even seeking a miracle. And Peter tells him, I don't have any silver or gold, but I'll give you what I have. So what did Peter have? He had two things, faith to believe, and secondly, faith to act. First, he actually believed that Jesus is Lord over all things. Now, being crippled, you know, for a lifetime, that was a big deal and it was bad. But Peter believed that Jesus' ability to miraculously heal was even bigger and better than this man's problem. So, in the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, get up and walk. Listen, many of us, including me at times, will stop right there. We believe that God is able to do the miraculous. But after declaring the authority of Jesus in prayer, we kind of think we're done. So we reach down, you know, pat the crippled guy on the shoulder and, and say, well, let me know how that works out for you. Now, listen, I'm not saying this to shame anyone. And I'm saying this about myself as well. There are times when we have the faith to believe, but we stop short of acting 
on our belief. But Peter acted on his faith. I mean, he grabs this man's hand and helps him up. And it says that as he helped him up, the man's feet and ankles right at that moment were instantly healed and strengthened. Listen, when it comes to God's miraculous breakthrough grace, I really believe that there's a major connection between having faith and acting on it. So let me ask you, is there an area in your life that is broken and in need of a miracle? Because here's what we can learn from this story. Don't just believe for your miracle. Live into your miracle. Now, if you're wondering what that might look like, living into your miracle, let me ask you, do you need a miraculous freedom from addiction? Well, first, believe that God can actually set you free. Then, act on it. Confess your addiction. Then, destroy whatever you were addicted to. Kelly and I uh, met a couple when we were serving at another church, and just a precious couple. They loved Jesus. But what we came to find out about their story is that the husband, right around the time of his retirement, became addicted to pornography. I mean, it just consumed and destroyed his life at that time. It, it cost him his job, and he was actually even arrested for some actions that he took because of this just horrific addiction. But as we found out more about his story, we found out that, that when he went through this radical restorative process, and part of that process was deciding that he was never going to, again, have in his life or have in his home something that he could access pornography through. So what did he do? Out with any uh, smartphone ever. Wow. No computers in their home for the rest of their lives. And you're like, what in the heck? How, how could you live without a smartphone? How could you live without a computer in your home? And you know what? I get it. I mean, that's a tough question. But for him, that was how he needed to live in to his miracle. That freedom that he's still walking in today. I think a lot of us, it's like, man, we want to believe, man, God's going to set me free. This is awesome. But what we fall short of is living into that miracle, like actually acting on our faith and doing whatever it takes to secure that which God is working in our lives. So what about a financial miracle? There's a lot of people that, that need those, right? Well, first, believe that God is your provider. Then act on it. Live into it. Cut up those credit cards and begin being generous with what you have today. You might be saying, wait, wait a second. I, listen, I'll be, I'll be uh, generous. You know, I promise to be generous once all my bills are paid off and that God's put money in my bank. Then I'll be generous. You know what? Here's the truth. Odds are you won't. If you don't learn to live by faith right now, living into this, this reality that God is bringing a miraculous breakthrough in your finances, if you don't learn to be generous now with the little you have, you won't be generous when God does bring you plenty. Won't happen. Maybe you need a miracle in a relationship. So 
What do you do? First, believe that God is able to restore anything that's broken. Then act on it. Live into it. Forgive that person for how they've hurt you and what they've done. Then reach out in appropriate ways that are going to promote the very healing that God has begun. James was one of uh, Jesus' followers who wrote one of the books of the New Testament. He put it this way, faith without works is dead. Or I'll put it another way, actionless faith is a miracle killer. The miracle never happens because we continue living into our brokenness instead of living into our faith. Now, I'm not saying here to do stupid things in the name of faith. I I believe. I, I believe I can fly. I believe I can touch the sky, right? So what do you do? You go and jump off a tall building because you believed you could fly. Listen, that is not faith, my friend. That is just being stupid. There have been people who have claimed, you know, they're healing. Man, God's healed me. And what do they do? They throw out all their medicine. Don't do that. Please, don't do that. If you believe you've been healed, fantastic. So go to your doctors and have them confirm it. Because, you know what, if they do confirm it, you're going to have an even greater testimony because you'll have your miracle and you'll have the medical records that prove what God's done. So don't be stupid. Be faith-filled. So our faith-filled actions need to be biblical. Kind of like the examples that I, I just gave, right? Confession, generosity, forgiveness, Do the very things that God has told us to do in Scripture. Live into them with the expectation in faith that God will add his miraculous breakthrough grace to the situation. So I want to transition and kind of wrap up by sharing three truths about miracles. Because I believe that the if the church is going to be a miracle-working commu- uh, community, it's important that we understand these realities. Number one, first, the greatest miracle of all is to be saved by Jesus. Think about it. His salvation brings us from death to life. Now, if you've already put your trust in Jesus, guess what? You've experienced spiritual resurrection. I once was dead, and now because of Jesus, I'm alive in him. This is the greatest miracle of all because it's eternal. Listen, every other miracle, physical healing, financial breakthrough, relational issues, as wonderful as they are, they're all temporary. Every person Jesus ever healed ended up eventually dying. But Jesus' promise is that the life we have in him, the salvation life, it goes on forever. He put it this way in John 11, 25 and 26. It's where he said, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone, anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. Everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never die. 
And Jesus meant what he said. This miracle of salvation is available to everyone, no matter their past, no matter their present situation. We can put our trust in Jesus and all who will call on him will be saved. Now, here's the second truth about miracles. In this lifetime, we won't receive every miracle that we're seeking. I mean, just think about Jesus and his time, um, you know, those, those few years of, of fantastic, miraculous ministry um, that he had while he was on earth. Guess what? He healed many people, but he didn't snap his fingers and heal everyone in Israel. There were still sick people when he returned to heaven. And while he did miraculously feed thousands of people, there were others who went to bed hungry. And even though the Israelites were a conquered, oppressed people dominated by the Romans, Jesus did not miraculously set them free from Roman rule. I believe that there are some things in life we'll need to press through in faith, trusting God in the middle of our situation, in the middle of some problems. The Apostle Paul faced this reality. He had some kind of major difficulty in his life. And based on what he wrote in one of his letters, the one that he wrote to the Galatians, it really indicates that he probably had some kind of eye disease that he was contending with. It would not have been uncommon in that era. People are getting healed left and right around him. He even rose uh, someone from the dead. But he was suffering from some kind of an eye problem himself. And in 2 Corinthians 12, 8 and 9, he, he shares some about uh, his journey. And he says this. He says, three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Now listen, sometimes... We experience God's miraculously breakthrough grace and the problem is fixed right then and there. And there are other times when we experience God's grace differently. He's doing a deeper work within us. And this includes allowing us to go through difficulties. And right in the middle of those difficulties, he invites us to cling to his strong grace, even when we're very weak. And if we do that, and I've experienced this in my own life, we're going to grow like never before in our faith. Now, here's the third truth about miracles. Not every miracle is instant. Some have to be secured over time. Now, many of you have met my friend Caleb Quay. Uh, he's come and led worship for us and plays the guitar. And, and you've heard his story that he was the, uh, the lead guitarist for Elton John um, for many years. Now, Caleb was a full-on drug addict who was spiraling out of control when Jesus intersected his life many years ago. And when God set Caleb free from drugs, it was an instant, miraculous breakthrough of grace. Caleb never went back to drugs and never even experienced withdrawals. 
man, we could all say that is a miracle. But that's not everyone's experience at all. I mean, there are people in our church family who would describe the miracle of their freedom from um, addiction, you know, overcoming overcoming drugs and other things, that, that this miracle was a process over time and came with great effort, confession, accountability, as they learned to live into their faith in whole new ways. So let me ask you, which, which kind of miracle is better? Instant? Or over time? I mean, is one more powerful because it was quicker? Is a breakthrough that comes over time any less amazing? This week I was on Twitter and I I, I read a note from a pastor in Texas who was praising God that his parents, who he'd been praying for for 20 years, had just given their lives to Jesus. Now, if we could go and interview this pastor, is it possible that his joy was even greater having lived into his faith for two decades, trusting God for his parents' salvation? I think here's the lesson for all of us. Don't give up believing God for your miracle. Live into it. It's true that on earth, We're not going to receive every miracle we seek. But friends, as we continue to believe in the God of miracles, then act in faith on what we are believing. We should never be surprised when God shows up in breakthrough power. Would you join me in prayer? And let's pray for miraculous breakthrough right now in every situation that is being encountered in your family and in mine, our church, our city, our nation, and world. Would you just join me in prayer right now? God, we thank you that you are the miracle-working God from the beginning of creation, Lord, right up until this moment. Lord, we know what your word says. Lord, that you are the same yesterday and today and forever. There is never an uh, an issue, a problem, a circumstance that is too broken that it is beyond your ability to heal. So God, I pray right now, Lord, for all, Lord, who are watching or listening to this message, and God, you know what their circumstance is, and you know the cry of their heart. Lord, I pray, Father, right now for miraculous healing. God, I pray for miraculous breakthrough from addictions. God, and I pray, Lord, for provision, miraculous provision that's going to come, jobs that are needed, money that is needed to pay bills and to, to provide for families. God, I pray, Lord Jesus, for your miraculous breakthrough power. And Lord, where there's broken relationship, husbands and wives or parents and kids or friends who are far apart. God, I pray, Lord, for miraculous breakthrough right now. God, I declare that over my own life, that you are the God of miraculous breakthrough grace. And Lord, we believe, Lord, that for every situation that we're encountering. And God, I also pray that we would have the courage to now live in to our faith. That God, that we would do everything that scripture tells us to do. 
Lord, in order to secure those miracles that you are right now working. So I just speak courage to you, friends. And Lord, if if there's any here that have not turned their hearts to you, have not fully put their trust in you, the miracle-working God, Lord, I'm, I'm reminded of what we just read moments ago where you said that I am the resurrection and the life. Lord, we know that all those who put their trust in you, Lord, secure this eternal life with you. It starts now, but it doesn't end when these bodies, Lord, wear out and are done here on earth. Because, Lord, your promise is that you have gone ahead of us to heaven to prepare a place for us. And so if you are listening or watching today and and you've never put your trust in Jesus, you can be assured of this. And here it is. Jesus' death on the cross paid the price that you could never pay to wash away, to wipe away every wrongdoing, every bit of sin in your life that you can live not only for God, but you can live in relationship with him because of what Jesus did. Would you say yes to him right now? And if you're doing that, again, we just stop the video or, or the, the audio message for a moment and 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 drop us a comment. Let us know what it is that God is doing in your life because we want to pray with you and for you. And and, and we can talk. We can we can uh, have uh, email conversations or we can talk on the phone and, and we would love to connect with you. In fact, we have a resource for you, specially written for those who are just saying yes to God and wanting to know more about what that means or Or maybe you're still pondering that and and considering that, but have not put your full trust in him and you want to know more. We have a resource. It's right on our website. Go to sm4.org, sm4.org slash yes. It's really simple. sm4.org slash yes. And there you're going to find an article that's written about what it means to say yes to God and even how to keep saying yes to him. And it's going to be our joy to walk with you at every part of your spiritual journey as you are learning to live into this newfound faith. Well, praise the Lord. Hey, I want to say thank you again to every one of you who is being so generous financially um, over this past season. Um, what I'm hearing from our administrative team is that uh, more and more people are finding ways to give online, and I'm excited about that. In fact, it was just this last week that that uh, I was told that more people gave through our online access called PushPay than came in through the mail. It's like the first time in history people gave more through PushPay than they did uh, like just sending in a check in the mail. I just want to thank you for that. Listen, if you haven't done that yet, if you if you haven't uh, figured out how to go online, it's super simple. Just grab your phone right now and you can text uh, SM4 to 77977. Text SM4 to 77977. It's going to open up a little dialogue and it'll it'll show you exactly how to do that. And here's one thing that I want to let you know. We have given financially to help multiple families over these past few months. 
And, and how we do that is we budget some money to do that, right, uh, just out of our general gifts. But we also have a special category called benevolence. And it's how we give benevolently to families or to individuals who are in need. And right now, our benevolence fund is at zero. In fact, we've kind of spent even more out of that account than we had in there because we care for people. And, and I believe that we're gonna need to keep doing this over time. And so if you would, in addition to your regular giving, would you also earmark some for benevolence? Now you can do that online real easy because on PushPay there's a little drop down menu and, and so you can give to just general tithes and offerings. Please continue to do that. But you can also go back on and then give some additionally for benevolence. Man, it's going to make the difference in, in some family or individual in this season to come. And, and not, not only are we grateful, but I promise you they're going to be very, very grateful as well. Thanks for your generosity. Hey, now I want to talk just for a moment in conclusion about when we are reopening. We've picked the date. It's going to be Sunday, August 16th. Now, schools here in Santa Maria, they restart on August the 13th. And so we are going to right in line with what's happening with our with our local schools. We are going to be reopening and rejoining together on site. Now, we're going to continue our online ministry. So if that is helpful to you and if that's something that you need, man, we're going to keep coming to you every single week online. In fact, we're we're making a lot of preparations in order to do that. Well, I believe just a whole nother level of excellence is going to be coming live right from our sanctuary, right from our stage. And so that's a pretty incredible thing. But we're going to be we're going to be regathering. Sunday, August 16th. And so here's what I uh, want, want to, to invite you to do. I want you to watch your emails because we're going to be starting to let you know what's happening, how we're going to be gathering, all of the safety protocols that we're putting into place. And we are going to invite you onto our team because we need people to just volunteer and say, man, I would show up to help, to stand at doors and greet people, to clean really well between services and all those kind of things that we need to be able to do to minister with excellence, not only to our congregation, but to our community. So would you be part of that? So if you're not getting our emails right now, but we want to make sure we get to include you. So here's the easiest way to do it. Go over to our website. Again, it's just sm4.org, sm4.org. Right on the homepage, you're going to find a virtual connection card. Click on that. And you're going to be able to tell us. There's, it's going to open up a, a little comment section where you're going to say, hey, put me on the email list. I want information from the church. And we'll get you on there. Just put your email, phone, name, contact information. And what we'll do is we'll get you right onto our email list so that you're not going to miss a beat as we reopen in just a month. Hey, church, you are loved. Man, so good to know that God is a miracle-working God, and we are his miracle-working church. You're loved. Talk to you soon.